0: Hello and welcome to episode two twenty of the Waters Waveland Podcast. I'm your host, Weishan, and I have Tony, my co-host with me today. How are you, T? I'm
1: great. Apparently we're gonna talk about ESG and then we're gonna then we're gonna kind of on uh on uh, you know, various uh, journalism just in general, I think is gonna be a piece of it. So yeah, this this one should be fun, I think.
0: There might be quite a few bleeps in there. You've already got two to <laughs> two. bleep out, but yeah, okay. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I wanted to bring up an article written by the FT, which has a title that you, you know, you probably laughed at since it kind of confirms your thoughts and your um, beliefs on ESG. And the okay. title of that story, uh, written by the FT, is called um, "ESG Falls Down the Investment Agenda." So just looking at that title alone, I mean, what are your initial thoughts on that?
1: Okay, so one, I, 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 I do agree with the. One piece of it, but then we'll get into why I also think that the stupidity yes. of this as well. So let's go into what I think is, um accurate, right? There's something I keep on saying, but first of all, ESG is stupid because I love ESG. I, I love sustainability. I love, you know, I, I, I think this is the next great growth area. People talk about ESG, they throw it around just like this term, like, oh, yeah, we're all about sustainability. We're all about, you know, uh, we, we, re- we recognize how much climate change is important, how much board diversity is important. You know, let's go put a statue up, but then also when you look at all of the executives in our bank, you know, the vast majority of them are actually still old white men. You know, so many <laughs> people talk about how much they care about these things, but then in practice, it's not actually true. And ESG is one of those things where, you know, you can be a company, it's like, oh, well, we've lowered our uh, CO2 emissions, but we have no people of color on our board. Um, but we're good on cyber hacks, but somehow cyber, because somehow cyber gets rolled into ESG for some people. Um, but, you know, we're bad on, I don't, we, we fire people, uh, that are over 50 years old at an alarming rate. It's, (laughs) It's about making these connections, and there are firms that take this very seriously. You know, your BlackRock, Schroders, you know, people we read about Lazard, uh, UBS, you know, people. Those just jump to mind. I know there are a lot of firms that really, really believe in this and are really, really baking this into their investment process. But so many people, so many buy side firms and and banks I should say, are just saying, yeah, we care about this, but it's a fleeting thing you know they're they're dipping their toe in the water for some there's some are just you know they they say it but how much are they is it part of the the mantra of the firm so that's where if it's not part of the mantra if it's not really what you believe in if you don't have your ceo like larry fink going out there constantly talking about we're not going to invest in you if you don't have these strong practices by the year or whatever then what are you really doing right so yeah, when the cut when the economy gets tough, then yeah, you're gonna cut bait. You know that that's what I took away from it. So I agree at the very baseline of that headline, though. And mm-hmm. we'll get into reasons why I have other issues to take. But for you, what did you think about this? The the overall sentiment.
0: Well, I think that my overall sentiment is that ESG is a is a long term uh, horizon type of investment, and it has to be ingrained within the uh, as a manager, um, bank, institutional investor, right? And dipping your toe in it just for the sake of dipping your toe in it and saying, "Hey, we do ESG. It's just like a, uh, as though they are ticking the box, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know when that uh, when that box is when that ticked box it does not give any returns, immediate, uh, I guess, tangible returns. Then what are you going to do as someone who is supposed to, you know, produce alpha and returns for your clients, and you're not seeing immediate results? And then they are going to be like, okay, let's just dump this. But uh, you know, practice what you preach,
1: really. It's clearly there's there's numerous research papers, academic papers out there. As Mike Chen said on uh, during our what what did we call that event that we had?
0: <laughs> Innovation Exchange, Tony. Innovation
1: Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> what a technology innovation exchange. The the preeminent best uh, – God, I'm sorry. It's late in the night here. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but during that, he said, listen, if you want to get – if you truly want to get into, uh, investment research and Panagora and what Mike Chen does, they are hardcore about this. They they, they have a whole team. They, they, they oh. get tons of time and energy. Go out and read. Clearly, there are correlations to be made using ESG data. That can help you, as you said, on a long term investment horizon. Mm-hmm. So many people are using it as um, marketing material. Yeah. But so, at that premise, I agree with it. But maybe we could talk just a little bit about the underlying study that this was based off of and then some other problems that, that we have. Why, why don't you tell a little bit about that?
0: Right. So. The, this article that FT wrote was actually based off a, a special report that uh, Edelman, a uh,
1: consultancy firm. Kind of PR consulting, kind of have a couple different hats, I think.
0: Yeah, so they issued this report. Um, it's, it's titled Special Report Institutional Investors, and it's based on their Trust Barometer 2020. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. They surveyed 600 institutional investors. Uh, and let me just list down the countries here. So there's about 100 each from US, UK, Canada, Germany, Japan, and Netherlands. Uh, I find it interesting that it didn't include any other Asian countries and why they selected only Japan. Um, yep. yeah, it's, and it's Asia, where
1: ESG of... is actually a huge, it's, it is baked into so many firms, uh, the big asset managers, the big banks out there, it's baked into it, yep
0: yeah yep. <laughs> me so that's one huge problem, and I think this this goes very well in line with what you think about polls and surveys yep. in general yeah yes. and and the thing is uh so the these firms that they that they invested or um that sorry that they surveyed uh majority of them were actually uh looking at value and growth investment styles um and more than fifty percent so fifty one percent of them were financial analysts. So, not not the ones kind of like steering the boat, you know? Um, yeah. And also, about, um, let me add this up 49%. 49% have less than 1 billion of assets right under management.
1: Right yeah. there. That's it. That's the key. Okay. So, polls are stupid. We keep up. We learned this in 2016. We learned this in 2020. Right. I hate polls. I hate anything. Listen, you know, there are certain kind of polls that are important. They work well and stuff like that. This is, and I'm not ripping on Elman. You know, the, everybody does. this. I'm sure that we'll put out a p- bunch of polls. So this is not just them. This is the whole industry. But polls are stupid, and we don't write about on this publication. In the past, we did. We used to write. You know, somebody would put out a survey. Somebody would put out some research, some polls, and say, "Here's what we found." You know, we spoke with 100 people, and this is what we got. This is. They, they reach out to 600 firms and that's admirable. That's a lot of people in the investment space. A lot of people Mm. would put out the same headline after talking to a hundred people, right? Mm. So, but 49% manage less than a billion, have less than a billion under management. 78% have less than 10 billion. That just takes one PIMCO to wipe out everything that, they don't matter as much. You know, it, it doesn't mean that the entire investment universe all of a sudden did. It's not a numbers game. It's a quantity game, right? Well, that's kind of a stupid statement, isn't it, Tony? It's not, uh, <laughs> how many people are playing. It's how much is actually being invested, right? So yeah. you get together three almost basically 300 firms that aren't even managing. So you have 300 firms essentially. And we'll give it the benefit of the bout to say they're all making $1 billion just about. That's a drop in the bucket for a trillion dollar for a state street. has trillions of dollars. <laughs> you no, know, right? What the hell are we saying? And then it's an interesting look. And so I don't blame the fact that Edelman puts together these reports. It's how the reports are presented. It's how – we say that Biden's going to win. It's going to be a blue wave. And you have media after media after media uh, outlets putting that it's going to be a blue wave. And then just like in 2016, it's a razor thin election. And not only that, they lost ground um, in the House of Representatives. They lost ground in many uh, uh, state races, House state races. These are useless polls that people are po- It's It's the way that's being packaged. So. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a snapshot of information, but let's actually drill down below it. And when you look at it, fifty percent managing less than a billion dollars. I don't know if there's a really a ton that you can a ton of inference that you can make based off of those numbers.
0: Right. And also, I mean the majority of the the, the roles that they they uh surveyed, they're all financial analysts. I mean, are they the ones at the end of the day calling the shots on what to invest in? I don't think so. (laughs) I mean,
1: financial analysts can be. Yeah, like it's not the chief investment officer, it's not the main portfolio managers who are setting the course for the ship, right? You know, I would be interested to see what they said specifically. You know, and and so, the headline of the article. While I agree, in mm -hmm. in some I guess in some perverse ways that you know Mm -hmm. yes. I can understand why this is moving down train. You know, ESG ESG falls down the investment agenda, is the the, what it says. And then, but is it though? You you can't possibly make that assumption based off of the information that was given in that report. And then the only person that's spoken to for that article is somebody from the U.S. head of ESG for Edelman. So, you know, get me.
0: I'm yeah. almost disappointed, actually, in the Financial Times because you you think that uh, you know
1: they have the resources to, to go deeper than that, certainly.
0: Yeah, definitely, and i they the ones who usually call bullshit on things.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's it's it, it just it it drives me crazy when you see this stuff, and you just it's okay. A couple people answered this one way, and then we're just going to have this blaring headline. For what? what? What are we getting out of this? Like, yeah, you're getting some clicks. Hell, we clicked on it and we talked about it here on, uh, on this <laughs> podcast, right? Not a lot of people listen to this podcast, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's uh, the, the, about seven to eight hundred of you that are avid listeners, Yeah, you know, we appreciate it, but you know, everybody else just, they, they, they clicked on this by accident, I think, uh, outside of the seven hundred or so. Um, but yeah, so for me, it was, just I, that article was ridiculous at, at the at the end of the day because you can't look at that survey and make that kind of a statement. I'm sorry, the people that were that were um, spoken with for that um, survey, they're just not big enough. Again, they're just ignoring all of Asia essentially. Um, I mean, you know. I would
0: if I was if I was in uh, if I, I I guess this might have been like a quick write up. For them, uh, but even then,
1: yeah.
0: even then, I would have definitely looked at uh, you know s- at sources from other asset managers that you know that I know, or uh, you know, I would have reached out to some contacts to ask what they thought about this. Uh, you know, is there a problem with the survey, or are are you actually demoting your ESG criteria in in your in your investments? But there was none of that in the FT in the FT article, which is kind. It is kind of disappointing.
1: Well, and this is a problem, though, with journalism as a whole. And and is it the fault of of the media outlets? I guess, but it's also the fault of the reader, of you, <laughs> <laughs> right. the person that's sitting there. You know, the fact that you don't demand more out of you know an article. And listen we write bad articles and that's the thing it's like so we're picking on one article um and we all trust me i have especially if you go back to when i first started reporting i i wrote, i used to write stories about oh somebody put out a survey yeah I, i'll write this up and talk to one person from the company that put out the survey you know we're tr- trying to move that away from that and it's tough it's not easy because Doing real journalism, it takes a lot of time. And then that means you're only going to put up one or two articles per day, which is what we do. And five, that's five days a week. The FT puts up hundreds of articles a day. And so yeah, yeah, you are going to have some stinkers when you put up that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but the problem of it is, is that people then look at that and they say, Oh, wow, that's interesting. You know, that, that must be the case. And they don't even read the article. Cause that's the other thing. People don't read the articles. They read the headline. You know yeah. the the thing and I love about writing for this publication is we charge a lot of money to be a subscriber. <laughs> anybody that knows yeah. that we charge a lot of money, so if you aren't reading us then you're just wasting your own damn money. you know it's you know it's <laughs> you you should at least be reading us if 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 you are gonna take out the subscription for us if you don't think we're doing a good job, then fair enough, you know you don't renew you don't subscribe but uh yeah, I don't know that that's that's what really bothered me about and got me really fired up about this.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's, it's uh, as as you said, like um, people read the headlines nowadays. No, not many of them. I mean, look, if they're not in in our our line of business, I guess, and and, and if they are, like you know, CFOs and and CIOs, CTOs, it, do they actually have time to go into each article and have a lengthy read of it? Especially articles like this. Um, you know, they're just going to read the headlines. Like, okay. Uh, ESG is going to down, uh, being downgraded as a investment criteria. Mm, okay, maybe that's that's got some. Uh, um, damn it, what's the word? <laughs> I'm great at words. Yeah, maybe some gravitas to it. I don't know, but um, then it comes down to like, was it written as a sensational? Oh, I can't say this word. You say it.
1: <laughs> Sensationalistic.
0: Yeah. And it leads also to um something else that we were going to talk about, because uh, you know, in the past two weeks we've seen a lot of articles with uh, similar uh names uh out on um our, our friends at Business Insider.
1: And the and e Financial. So we gave them a lot a ton of credit last week. So yeah. now, you know it's kinda of like but yeah, like the number of headlines that you see with Goldman Sachs and that, and so we talked a little bit about this previously, right? I mean, I, I just like was looking through my email here and every, you know, every day I'm seeing art- articles written about Goldman Sachs. Like, guys, there are other investment management firms that are out there doing some really cool, interesting things. I get it. Goldman Sachs is going to get you clicks and you feed the beast, right? So again, is it, and this is the eternal question for journalism, is it the fault of the media company that's writing it? Or, you know, should we be feeding you your vegetables? And, you know, you you say, listen, I don't want to read about, you know, Lazard or Schroeder. You know, maybe our readers, they they do appreciate those kind of articles, but maybe at, you know, more of the mainstream, um, non B2B publications, um, Mm. they do want to read just about Goldman Sachs constantly. I don't get it. At some point, I'd be like, I think people hate reading about Goldman Sachs. They click on those stories because God, screw those guys. They don't know what they're doing. And a lot of those actual articles, some are very positive of Goldman Sachs. Some are like,
0: yeah.
1: "Oh, this person left and they hate Goldman." Sachs. You know, I don't know. But it's so. Whose fault is it? Is it the media company? Is it the reader? You know, should you demand more? You know. We try at least, you know, but this isn't to compare. Like this isn't compare at all. Um, I'm sure yeah, that if I talked to this. plenty of people listening, they'd be like, I'd rather be a business insider so mm. regardless <laughs> of, regardless of, uh, regardless, like let's say we had the same subscription. I'm sure that a ton of people, especially listening to the podcast would be like, no, I'd much rather be an FT subscriber. I'd much rather be a business insider subscriber, much rather read e-financial, uh, uh, every day rather than read water technology. And I understand that, you know, we're a niche publication, but.
0: Yeah. Mm. okay yeah yeah. i mean the, i mean just to highlight the business insiders articles so like the one that i was thinking of um and i i think we, we spoke about this briefly before uh they they put out an article saying that uh these four people this is how four people like heard uh whether they were going to be made partner or not at goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. and then they also put out a piece on um how one of the top deal makers, who was actually um, well, who was supposed to be in the running for partner, actually left and went over to Dell. Um, I don't know. I think to me that could have been done in in one piece, but uh, you know, maybe maybe they're like, okay, yeah, I got to feed the beast, and uh, you know,
1: yeah, one plus I mean, well,
0: two stories.
1: We're blessed in that you know we put up one two stories per day. You know, we're, our subscribers seem to be happy. You know, no one's because. Again, you know, many of our stories are 2,000 words, 3,000 words, sometimes 4,000 words. Most of them are going to be at least 1,000 words. Um, yeah. You know, we're feeding people their vegetables here <laughs> many <laughs> of the times. And again, I, I, every single week we are going to have some articles that go up that are just not up to the standard that we would like it to be. That's just, that is every media company in the world. No matter what, I I don't know how many are just produced. Every single story, they're like, yep, that one, we hit it out of the park. Yep, that one, we hit it out of the park. You're going to have highs, you're going to have lows, you know, but it's just the problem that I see overall because, you know, part of the thing is, you know, we lost the, 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 this kind of small niche community that covers finance. Loss of really powerful or not powerful, but a, a good publication, um, mm-hmm. profit and loss. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they announced, uh, Julie Ross said that, uh, that the publication just not going to be able to survive COVID um, with their events being kind of crippled and just a revenue to get off of that. And, you know, you just look at some of the people like, God, they've, they have a ton of people there that have been there for 15, 20 years. We mm-hmm. have that here too at Water's technology. It goes to show you that, you know, I you know, I don't know. It was just surprising to see that that they went out like because that's just one that's been around. But we've been here like Traders Magazine, Wall Street and Technology. Now I'm not saying that these were all like on equal footing, equal levels, but you know the the universe is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and I don't think that's good for anybody. You know, we should be. I I, I wish it were good, viable B2B uh, competitors to us. I don't think mm. there is.
0: Um, yeah because that would that would make us better as well
1: exactly competition is good for everyone you know it's why when the the new york times is going to be at its best when the wall when the washington post is at its best you know or the wall street journal you know when everybody's kind of fighting to get good stories um and you read you know over there and that's the thing is like so you know business art does a great job like uh with, hmm. with a lot of their coverage, uh, you know, Financial Times is really – really like uh, Bill Stafford, great journalist, you know. Um, I think Campbell over at uh, BI, uh, you know, E Financial always puts up interesting articles. I love reading them. So this isn't yeah. to say anything like that. I don't think it's just how do we improve it as an industry? Um,
0: I think that we just have to keep on improving quality. And always ask the question of like, what is this, what value, uh, does this article or this podcast, you know, bring to the, uh, media still, still to the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, the podcast, uh, we we'll just to kind to do of
1: value. do it. Just, it's just kind of something fun that we kind of just do. And then if people want to listen, <laughs> great. If they don't, it, our subscribers don't pay a dime for this. So at the end of the day, you know, Take it or leave it. It's it's something that's free for you. It's free content. So you don't have to listen.
0: <laughs> but, this also an arena for us or an avenue. I don't know if I can call it an arena, but an avenue for us to kind of like bounce ideas off each other and off our guests as well. So, yeah, when well, we
1: have that, guests, that's when it's valuable. When it's just mm-hmm. me and you. It's just us having fun just talking, you know, and just being mm-hmm. like.
0: <laughs> okay, well. Uh, let's let's end here and uh, we'll catch up with you guys next week.
1: As usual, another flawless dismount.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to work at it. Oh my god.
1: Uh, That'll be fun. Well, I guess
0: that's well, I guess that's it for this week. So. No,
1: no, I'm keeping that last one in just so oh, you know. F- yeah, absolutely. That's it. Another <laughs> flawless dismount. Boom. Cut it out. <laughs>